Get ready for an epic that spans three decades and brings together two of the most beloved nostalgic takes on DC's big superheroes as we take a look at Batman 66, Wonder Woman 77, straight ahead. Welcome to the Classy Comics Podcast, where we search for the best comics in the universe. From Boise, Idaho, here is your host, Adam Graham. One of the precursors to the revival and interest in Adam West uh, Batman series was the Batman 66 comic series. It was a digital first series and ran for 52 digital issues and then went over to crossing over with other programs from the 1960s. There was Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet. A pretty obvious choice of that one than Batman 66 meeting uh, the Man from Uncle and Batman 66 meeting Steed and Peel from the 1960s Avengers series. And then the nostalgia for Batman 66 got someone at DC Comics thinking, how about we do Wonder Woman 77 uh, on the Linda Carter TV series? And then they did Wonder Woman 77 meets the Bionic Woman, which was just an absolute uh, delight to read. And that brings us to the ultimate DC nostalgic crossover, Batman 66 and Wonder Woman 77. Now, of course, the question is, how do you bring those two series together? Because they are in two different eras. Well, actually, they are in three different eras. Because the first season of Wonder Woman was a period piece set during World War II. In the second and third season on CBS, the series became a modern series in order to save budget. So with writer Jeff Parker on board, who wrote the original Batman 66 series, they went with a three-era structure for the story. The first third of the book kicks off with Batman and Robin intervening in a robbery where the Eartha Kitt Catwoman is stealing the book Lost World of the Ancients, uh, the second volume. And uh, she's doing it on behalf of Ra's al Ghul, who is uh, being represented by his daughter Talia, who gets away even though Catwoman is caught and agrees to share what she knows. And this leads to a trip to the Batcave, where Bruce tells the story of what happened to the first volume. And that was that an auction was happening at Wayne Manor where both volumes were being auctioned off. There were a variety of bidders there. Among them was the father of a girl named Talia and another man. They both lost out to a long-time collector. But one of the losing bidders revealed himself to be a Nazi. In fact, he was there in a Nazi uniform, along with several other men. 
Now, you might think it does not make sense, even if you are a Nazi spy, to be running around in World War II America with a Nazi uniform on, even if you've got an overcoat on over it. But this is a comic book, and in comics, uh, Nazis often wore their uniforms when it made no sense to do so behind American lines and right in the USA. So I will allow it. Um, and so uh, we see Talia and Bruce making off with the book and being chased by Nazis. And Rachel Gould trying to get the books away from both the Nazis, the legitimate buyers, and Bruce. Uh, at the same time, at the auction is Diana Prince, who of course turns into Wonder Woman when it is time to go into action. And we get to see a lot of great Wonder Woman action. We get to see some sense of Bruce's resourcefulness, as well as Bruce stumbling into what would become the Batcave. We also see a Batman 66 origin for Ra's al Ghul. And this is something that Parker and the other writers on Batman 66 have done in introducing popular Batman villains who weren't introduced in the original 1960s series for various reasons, including that they hadn't been created in the comic books yet and introducing them into this 1960s uh, world. And so we get to see that with Ra's al Ghul. So the first couple parts are a nice, uh, fun period piece. It also kind of hints at the uh, nascent uh, relationship between Bruce and Talia. So in our second part, Batman, Robin, and the Lee Merriweather version of Catwoman all fly to Paradise Island. And apparently, and I don't know if this was something in the Wonder Woman TV series, men uh, are allowed on Paradise Island, uh, but they have to have a female chaperone. Uh, this is not true to the original comics, but it does save a little bit of tedium. So I think that's not a bad change. And their trail on what was going on in the book leads them to a labyrinth, where, of course, uh, our heroes encounter a griffin and a cyclops. And I love the part where Batman sprays like a mace into the cyclops' eye. But at the end of the trail, they find that Ra's al Ghul was looking for another Lazarus pet, and he found it, and he got what he wanted. And so there, he tells them that there's no real need to fight. And he's actually right, uh, because unlike the mainstream comic version, there's not really this big sinister uh, thing that there's trying to stop him from doing. But uh, they came all the way out here to stop and fight him, so they try to, and uh, you get a fun but pointless uh, fight scene. It also introduces the Wonder Girl from the... Uh, TV series who was in three episodes and slightly confusing because she looks so much like uh, Diana. But again, it's a callback to the TV series. It's a, a bit fun, but pointless for most of the uh, second half of the second part. 
The third part opens up with Wonder Woman in Gotham City, and she's wearing an outfit that kind of looks like the Kathy Crosby uh, one from uh, The Pilot. It's blue, and it's kind of an interesting design, though definitely not her traditional take. And she's fighting the 1970s version of Killer Croc. And it's a fun battle scene that ends with uh, Commissioner Gordon and Chief O'Hara coming to take away the bad guys. However, Commissioner Gordon is actually Barbara Gordon, and Chief O'Hara is actually the original Chief O'Hara's daughter. I think this only half makes sense. Barbara Gordon becoming commissioner, I could kind of see, uh, because that is generally either in elected or appointed position. But the chief of police is more of a career law enforcement position, and I don't think Chief O'Hara look, looked old enough to have a daughter who would be old enough to take that position. Well, whatever, that's kind of a nitpick, I guess. Um, but she is there because there is clues that uh, the League of Shadows is at work. And Barbara informs uh, Wonder Woman that Batman has actually retired and that Dick Grayson is in charge of defending uh, Gotham as Nightwing. And, of course, this is 1970s Nightwing. And this uh, this particular outfit is just such a 1970s look. Uh, there was a 1970s drawing of uh, Nightwing, and this stays pretty close to that as opposed to the modern costume. It really fits the era uh, beautifully. Uh, we do find out in a visit to the Batcave that the reason that uh, Batman retired is that he quit after a battle with the Joker, in which the Joker discovered his secret identity and came to Wayne Manor, and Alfred died in a heart attack, and it ended with Batman killing the Joker. Uh, that's actually a really dark turn for Batman 66, so I don't particularly like that. I, I will say it's nice that Wonder Woman is encouraging him to forgive himself, to understand that he's only human, and uh, that if the only person who died in all these years of crime fighting was the Joker, he's actually doing quite well. Bruce isn't really in a place to hear that right now, so Wonder Woman goes to find uh, Nightwing, who uh, she finds fighting Copperhead, and she manages to save the Julie Newmar version of uh, Catwoman from being killed by Copperhead, and then after that, they uh, gather at Catwoman's club. Meanwhile, Batman is investigating uh, on his own, uh, what's going on with Rachel Ghoul and uh, begins to uncover some information and begins to debate with himself whether he should really go back out there. And there's a really fun visual as uh, there is uh, the angel and devil on the shoulder thing, except for the angel, they have like Alfred and for the devil saying that he shouldn't go back and has no business going back being Batman is the Joker. And of course it is the 1960s Joker. So they have the little bit of a uh, mustache because Cesar Romero famously refused to shave off his mustache for the role wearing makeup over it. So they even work that little detail in here. 
However, Ra's al Ghul senses that Batman is on to him, and so confronts Bruce in the Batcave. At the same time, Talia uh, goes after Wonder Woman, Catwoman, and Nightwing at uh, Catwoman's club. And uh, she actually has her own 1970s henchmen. You know, these, they're dressed, they're members of the league, but they are dressed in green polyester shirts. Uh, but not to be topped, because this is her club. Catwoman has her own group of 70s henchmen and they're dressed in cat pattern clothes with these 1970s hats and they go and they fight and it is a really fun uh setup and uh batman finds a clever way to get away from rajal ghouls and uh they head for where they figured out that rage is and the 1960s Batgirl shows up, i.e. Barbara Gordon, who I guess is carrying on being Batgirl, even while police commissioner. And if you didn't think that the team-up could get any more epic, up pulls a brand new 1970s uh, Batmobile that's really cool. Not as cool as the 1960s version, but it's a really sleek uh design that's very true to the decade with nightwing even uh noting a uh, batman's arrival with it's batman drawn with the 1960s uh tv logo and so there's a final battle with the rogues uh before batman and wonder woman make it to rachel ghoul i won't uh spoil the whole ending here but it's a pretty fun little melee Overall, I have to say that uh, the art is just wonderful. Uh, it is a visual feast. If you're a fan of one or both of these shows, you get so much here uh, that they just really are meaning to serve you, the fan. Uh, you get to see all three versions of Catwoman. You get to see all of these different characters. You get some really fun fight scenes. Uh, you get designs that are really true to the era. They either brought to life what had been on television or they uh, ma managed to make some really good uh, creative choices so that you see something that is really true to what it would have been if it had been in the 1970s. The writing on this is usually pretty good. I think there are a few turns that don't make sense, such as the new Chief O'Hara and the dark end to the Batman 66 era. And I also never got a real sense of Ra's al Ghul having a truly evil master plan. Mostly he seemed to be uh, about getting himself into Lazarus pits, which is probably not a good concern for the world's greatest crime fighters. Still, if you were a fan, like I said, of either of these shows, this is a good book for you. It's not written with new fans in mind or trying to be particularly accessible. It knows its audience and it serves them well. So I will give Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77 a rating of classy on the strength of the art and some pretty decent writing. All right, that's all for now. If you do have a comment, send it to me, classycomicsguy at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at classycomicsguy, and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.